0: Folks, welcome back to On the Mic with Mike Peters. My guest this week is Rhode Island comedian Maya Mannion. Maya is a fucking delight. She is so funny. She's been doing stand-up for about 15 years and works all over New England. She's got two of the best, worst shows I've ever heard of the podcast. You can see Maya at the Rogue Island Comedy Festival on May 28th and May 29th. Thank you so much for listening. Please like, share, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Remember, if you like what you hear... Sign up for the Patreon. It's just five bucks a month. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you guys next week. Take care. Thank you so much
1: for finally doing this. Yeah, thanks
0: for having me.
1: <laughs> no <problem>. uh, <laughs>
0: So what's life like right now? You're, are you post-COVID?
1: Yes. Yep. Yep. I had it for two, like two weeks and uh, I'm good now. I feel fine. Yeah. It was a rough two weeks, but I'm, I feel totally, you know, good to go.
0: So that's weird. Cause I thought it was a hoax.
1: The COVID? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I never, yeah, no. Nope.
0: <laughs> yeah. My brother lost a cop and he doesn't believe in it and he had it. And I'm like, how does that work? Like, you had it.
1: Yeah. Was he really sick or not so much?
0: No, of course not.
1: Yeah, of course not. Yeah. I.
0: That's what I think. I think the people who don't believe in it don't get sick at all. And, like, the people who do believe in it and they get sick, they feel it.
1: Yeah. I kind of thought it was going to be different because I had the other theory about it. I thought that if you were afraid of it, like, maybe it wouldn't hit you so hard because you kind of, like, respected the virus. Yeah. You know? Or But it turns out it's like Freddy Krueger, you know, just, like, feeds on your fears. So. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah, I just got humbled. My kids were fine. They had it and they were just like they were sick for like two days and they were like, What's for dinner? And I'm just like shaking on the couch, you know. I'm like, Oh my god.
0: Shake your bakes for dinner. That's it.
1: Yeah, exactly. When I emerged from my room, it was just like there were pizza boxes as far as the eye could see. And I was like, Oh <laughs> my god, I like a dormer on the house with all the like DoorDash shit. And I was like, Well, at least you survived, you know, they're resourceful. Yeah, you're describing my apartment right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's my nightmare. Like I was just oh my god, you guys probably have scurvy.
0: (laughs) Are I dunno, like are scurvy and rickets, do they go together? Because that's always in my head.
1: Yeah. Scurvy and rickets are like pirate diseases, but like Dickens, Dickens diseases. You know, like you're going to get the scurvy or the consumption too. Consumption. Oh yeah. That's a
0: good one. I want that to come back.
1: Yeah. Whatever like what if someone's like coughing, my mother would say, oh, you've got the consumption. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Are you Irish or Scottish?
1: Uh, my, my mom's Irish, but um, she's not off the boat Irish. She just okay. uh, she has family members who were and She would always kind of like channel them.
0: My grandpa was Italian. And the only thing he really told us, like not in Italian, he just said, get the hell away from the TV. <laughs> like, get, or get out of my chair, you know? Like, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad would go, Hey! Like that was like for everything, you know, yeah. like and he wouldn't like actually say anything. He would just point and just be, yeah. do like don't yeah, don't sit in my chair, get away from the TV, don't touch that. Yeah, All we that had
0: was, whenever we went to visit my grandpa, like we had to be quiet after seven PM because that's when he went to bed. Yeah. <laughs> and there there's a story where my brother was like three or four and all the adults are around the room, the living room. And my brother is dropping a 10 pound weight onto the floor. And my grandpa came out heated and he pointed to everybody, but my dad and said, you all should know better. <laughs> and like and my mom's like, but he's here too. And he's like, yeah, I like him.
1: <laughs> he gets a pass. <laughs> my grandfather Whenever I go to my grandfather's too, like he would fall asleep at like five thirty, six o'clock. He'd have a seal test ice cream, mint chip. And then he would just like fall asleep on the couch like, like that. So he couldn't even mess with the TV because he would be like watching it. Yeah. You know, And so we'd all just be sitting there watching like, you know, 60 minutes or whatever boring ass shit was on. And just that was it. All just sitting around. Grandpa. Yeah. Just snoring. I think everyone has the same kind of experience. <laughs> when did you start doing comedy? <laughs> I started doing comedy in 2006. Okay yeah,
0: in Rhode Island. Yeah,
1: I had in Rhode Island, yeah, yeah, I had three really little kids, and I basically just did it like like a bucket list kind of thing, you know, like somebody you know it was like the only thing anybody has ever told me that I should do is like that you're funny and you should do stand up someday. And I was like, all right, well, I'll do an open mic and then I was like, I can just check it off. Right. But then I'll never have to do it again. It was just one of those things. Actually, what I always wanted to do was weirdly like improv. Then I did improv one time and I was like, fuck that. Like, this sucks. <laughs> I hate this. This is absolutely the opposite of what, what I want to do ever. Cause I did, I went to school for theater and I, I stopped doing theater because of theater people. And I, I love being, I love getting the funny role. I love to be funny. But turns out I'm a terrible actress. Like, whenever I got the street role, I was like, what, what am I going to do with this? Right. Yeah. I was like, if I'm not funny, I don't want to be on here. Like, this is boring as fuck. Just setting up somebody else to be funny was just like, oh God. And then hanging around with those people like six days a week was like, no, 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 this is not going to be my life.
0: Were they just like stuck up?
1: They're just weird. They're like improv people. Okay. I mean, (laughs) they're just very like, like, uh, um, here's my thing like, I feel like, the stand-up comedians i know and probably you know are people you can just talk to like i kind of found found my freaks you know but they're but most people who i know who do stand-up the good ones anyway unless they mentioned it you know they wouldn't know you wouldn't know they did stand-up and they wouldn't you they just have friends and they're just normal people theater people were just very insular and it was just like us against the world kind of thing like didn't have any friend like fringe, like subculture, you know, and I'm just not, I'm just not like that. Like I have friends. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like I went to prom. <laughs> so I was like, this is not, this isn't my scene.
0: No, you're just bragging.
1: Yeah, I did. Yeah. I go to the grocery store. I don't know. I don't want to brag, but <laughs> I watch shit TV. I have a very low IQ. Like I go to Subway. That's, that's, like, that's who I am as a person. So
0: I don't know. So you went to the open mic and then how'd it go?
1: Um, not well. I was uh, really nervous, and I've always been a stronger writer than I am a performer. Like I'm, I love to write. I'm, I just really enjoy the process of writing, and having to go on stage is a total force for me. Like I just, I'd rather not. Um, I do it because it's just how how it goes, you know. Like you, you have to tell your jokes. So huge force. But I I memorized my set, but I was so, I struggled so badly with the stage fright. I just kind of like, you know, rehearsed, like I just robotically just ran through my set and I don't think I articulated at all. Anyway, it was okay. It it just was very, on a scale of one to 10, it was like a two for my first time. And I was like, I'm not going to go out like this. Like, I have to figure out how to at least have like a type five that's decent so I can just end it on that. And then by that time I was getting booked and then I was like, oh, I like this. <laughs> and I was like, then lo and behold, here I am. But yeah. it, was more like a, it was more like a pride thing. Like I was like, I can't, you know, just I can't not give it at least a shot.
0: Yeah, I know for me, like every once in a while, like if I get really frustrated, mm-hmm. I think about like when I started, I'm like, you know, if only I did a little bit worse, I could be yeah. doing something productive <laughs> with my life right now.
1: Right, right, right. And I'm the opposite. I was like I bet if I had done well, I would have been like good, whoa, whew, that's over. <laughs> I remember that the host said to me this is how badly it went. So at the Comedy Connection in Rhode Island, it used to be that if you like uh, by audience response, whoever did the best then would get a weekend hosting. And I brought a lot of people, so that was the name of the game. Then, you know, like I did well so then I got a weekend hosting and the first the first night the host said to me, "So, who told you you should do this?" man it was really bad huh he's like i just like some people like you know you just do it he's like i go up there i'm not nervous i just shoot the shit he's like you looked like you were like you know gonna get murdered and i was like i would rather that than what (laughs) happened up there um so anyway i just uh yeah and i ended up taking a a few stage fright classes actually and they helped a lot what do they do with that the one that I took was at the Boston, the Women in Comedy Boston Festival, and it was called the Dow of Comedy. And it was basically just applying Taoist principles to, to comedy and stage fright. And it was just like, you know, be in the moment, you know, don't any information isn't bad or good. It's just information. Like if someone heckles you, don't turn it into a positive or a negative. It's just happening, like just react. And it was sort of because in my daily life, I'm a total, I'm a terrible person. And I come up with insults really well. And I'm You know, but on stage, like in the parameter of the stage, it's just like it's like I'm at a parent-teacher conference or something, and I'm just like, I'm gonna be polite and nice. Like that's what I was, and it was just the most unfunny thing ever. And uh I I felt like if I was boring and nice, then nobody would say something back at me. Like I didn't want to bring any negative attention to myself, and here I am doing stand-up comedy with a microphone, it's bizarre, it's just ridiculous. But that's just I'm so neurotic too. So it was like Like if I did my set that was pretty like not offensive and it just went well, then that would be enough for the crowd. You know, like it would be like, okay, well, I'm doing the best I can. I'm professional. I have good, solid jokes. And if I do that, then I will just do my set. Nobody will talk to me. I'll get my money and I'll leave. And that's it. And then shit happens, you know. So I was like I wasn't prepared for those variables.
0: How about now? I mean, you're 15 years in. I mean, are you? If somebody heckles, if somebody you know interrupts your flow, is it easy for you to kind of recover and turn that into something?
1: Yeah, I mean it's yeah. It depends on how much stage stage time I've been getting, but yeah, it doesn't fuck me up now. Like I just I'm kind of welcome it because I'm sick of my set. You know what I mean? I'm like I'm not not like welcoming hecklers, but I'm like I'll I'm better at it now. Yeah. What about you? Like I don't. Um, It doesn't anymore.
0: I don't know. Like I I host shows Mm -hmm. so. That's I, yeah. And, but what I do is I'm probably a little more guarded than I need to be, but I am terrified that I will say the wrong thing to somebody who's talking mm-hmm. and then I'll fuck up the flow for everybody following me or I'll run people right. out of the room, you know, five minutes into an hour and a half show. Yeah. So I'm a little bit guarded on that, but I don't practice crowd work because I don't know how to practice. I mean, you'd basically have to do it at shows. Mm-hmm. So me being guarded is kind of preventing me from maybe going as far as I could, mm-hmm. but I welcome it. I mean, when, when you can get a riff off of something that just happened, it's great. Like I last show I did, uh I, you know, had some, some kind of dirty content or whatever. I forget exactly what it was, but somebody shot like an innuendo at me and I looked to a college age kid in front of me and he goes, I, was me. <laughs> and I looked over and like, I don't know, a guy old enough to be my dad said, yeah, it was me. And I'm like, okay. So I played with him a little bit and then I went back and did a little callback later and it worked right. So yeah. like, that's like a high for me. I'm like, Oh, I didn't, I mean, it's like two or three extra jokes that I had no intention right. of doing. So it seems like a bonus.
1: That's good. Then if you remember it for next show, you know, somebody like, you know, especially if you tape your set, you go, yeah. Oh, you know, this, some sort of, you know, like mitigating circumstances will happen. And, and you're like, I could apply this to the next time, you know, like even me watching other people, like when you're watching other veteran comics and see what they do and it's like, Oh, I could. And you think of something that you would say to that, you know, I do that. Like if I'm, you know, not drinking and I'll be like, I'm going <laughs> to watch this guy set and see what happens. Uh, if I'm drinking, all bets are off. Then I'm just like, Shh, I get shushed. <laughs> but like. It's really good to do, I think, to watch and see how how you, and how you wouldn't handle it. Yeah, yeah. You know. I think that's
0: that's more me, where you know I'm jealous of guys who can just call somebody a cunt yeah. on stage and not fear you know the retribution or, or what's going right. to happen. And I remember I, I produced a show. This guy Dan Hoppley's a really funny guy from Scranton. Me and another comedian we were up there, and somebody was talking, not to us. They weren't really. They were just distracting from the show and they were having their own conversation and Dan got up stage and he just, the first thing he said was you guys are being a bunch of cunts. You know that? <laughs> and I'm producing the show and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm never going to do the show here again. They're going to kick me out right now. They fucking loved it. And he yeah, won them I bet. over. I, like, bet. I, I will it's, never have that confidence.
1: No, but there, you can play off of that. You know, like if you, I think, I think that would be really funny if you weren't that guy. And then you're like, you guys are being a bunch of, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, <you> know, like, <laughs> like, I'm really, I just want to send you guys edible fruit baskets. There's, like, there's actually a host who you kind of remind me of in new England. And he, like the last time we, <laughs> he hosts, I fucking hate hosting so much. Like if someone asked me, will you host? I'm like, no, I won't. Yo, wow. don't, I don't really yeah. yeah. Like I'm, I can pull it out, but it's like, it's just not i don't know i don't know i drink so (laughs) i'm just like i'll be good for the first guy (laughs) and then like if i'm hosting i'm hammered like i'm not invested in this i don't care then i'm like next coming to stage is oh fuck i don't give a shit (laughs) some guy is from somewhere and like yeah so but this guy from new england he produces a lot of shows and he loves comedy so much and he's such a funny comedian but he's so um he's so lovable but and he's and he embr- he embraces how awkward he is over <laughs> the last show we did he goes and there were there was a lot of talking going on it's like a you really young crowd and he was like if you guys he goes please don't keep your table talk to a minimum because if you don't then I'm just going to quietly resent you in my car and cry and then come back. But it's just, it's going to be hard on me and the people who love me. (laughs) It's just so funny. I'm like, oh.
0: I I was once told, and I said this on the podcast so many times, but I thought I had a good set. And Mm -hmm. I came back and this comedian from New York was up for the show. And he said, hey, man, you know what I like about you? You've got a nice face. So... (laughs) So even if your set doesn't go super well, people are going to root for you. <laughs> all I could think was, I thought I did well.
1: <laughs> it would be like, you know what? If you ever needed a kidney, I'd give you one. Absolutely. <laughs> You're like, that has nothing to do with.
0: I'm not going to laugh at your joke, but I'll give you an organ.
1: <laughs> if you ever need anything, man, I'd help you move. <laughs> like, <laughs> thanks. I remember one time, like when I first started, I was um it was quite the dime. <laughs> and like it was, and I would come, I would think I would have a good set. And that's maybe like like a girl could be like, Oh my god, you're so pretty. I can't believe you have three kids. I love your skirt. I'm like, what the fuck? But like, didn't you see me pouring my heart out there? Like, I give a fuck about my skirt. Well, thank you. I mean and <laughs> I were telling this girl, I was like, if I get told I'm pretty one more fucking time after I like go out there and bare my soul. And she was like this, you know, she's as my dad would say, she ain't no oil painting. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, my, I just, I would really suck. I'm like, Oh, whatever. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm just saying, it's like, not what I'm doing up there. You know, She'd right. like, uh, she's like, I wish somebody would, you know, I'm like, okay, well, you're funny. So take that to the bank. That's so good. <laughs> I thought I was too. I was like, "What the fuck am I doing up here?"
0: It'd be uh, it'd be terrible. Like you get ready for the prom, and like, how do I? Like, well, you're funny. You know, hilarious.
1: <laughs> you look hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Then I was like, maybe I should go model. I'm like, that's like the funniest part about my set. <laughs> actually, there was a girl. Actually, a guy. um well, many people actually, but who moved to New York from um Rhode Island and whenever I heard about this one guy and they're like yeah he moved to he moved to New York for comedy and I was like well that's the funniest part about his set (laughs) (laughs) that's funny (laughs) like what I can't imagine being funny enough to be like I'm gonna move to New York City for my art like what I wouldn't even move to like Poughkeepsie (laughs) for like (laughs) I'm going to make it.
0: Now, Poughkeepsie is a very nice town. And you're yes, missing out. Yes,
1: it is. I know. <laughs> I'm like, what a Vassar, or like yeah. whatever. But I, I just, I could never, I don't know. Even if I was like, I, that's terrifying. And like, wow.
0: Yeah, I would need a job. Yeah. Well. Like, really like good job. I toyed around with the idea of moving to New York a long time ago. And uh, I guess five years ago, around there, four or five years ago. And I had an interview and a second interview at minorleaguebaseball.com. Cause I used to be a journalist. And so I was going to go back into that. And that was the only way I could justify to myself. Cause I was still pretty new at stand up, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, there's no way I'm going to make money doing what I do right now. If it's, so I needed a job and I don't know. It's a lot of confidence or uh, delusion.
1: delusion. Yeah. I feel like, like the times I've done comedy in New York, I just thought to myself, thank God I don't do comedy in New York because yeah. this is, you know, barking and like just doing sets for two people, never getting paid. Like I live in New England and I do pretty well. Like as a comedian here, like I work I work um, five days a week and I do comedy on the weekends and I get paid a decent amount of money. And I really to me that's like making it. It's like yeah, this is as as much as I that's fine. Like I never thought that I would uh, when I first started. I don't know, like I just feature and, um, you know, I close out rooms and stuff like that, but it's like, the money's good and it's fun. I get to hang out with my friends and I know everybody and it's like, it's good extra money and it's, it's, I don't know. I feel like it's like, I'm happy.
0: Yeah. So I don't know much about Rhode Island. I know family guy is set there. Yep. (laughs) And, uh, do you guys have three counties or five?
1: Well, that's a good question. Uh, I didn't grow up here. So. Oh, okay. Okay.
0: I looked it up and I think it's three, but it might be five. But I looked at Delaware.
1: So small. Oh, I used to live in Delaware too. Interesting. Yeah. Let's see Newport County and then Block Island would be its own, I would assume. Yeah. So that's interesting. There would only be two other counties, but there's different. There's like different islands and stuff. They must be attached to a different. But, or something. Yeah. When
0: you're doing comedy in there, are, are you basically a part of Boston as yeah. well? I mean, because you're that close?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they want to have us. <laughs> I don't think they would claim us. It's like Hitler and Beethoven, you know? It's like Austria is always like trying to claim Beethoven and not claim Hitler. <laughs> I'm like, we'll take the good one and get off the bad one. But yeah, I feel like there's a small group of Rhode Island comics, but there's only one club in Rhode Island. So mo- all of us go to Boston and Connecticut and like New Hampshire. Yeah a lot of math. There's a lot of shows in Massachusetts. Most most of my stuff is in Massachusetts, Worcester and, and Boston and around there. So
0: how many comedians would you say are in Rhode Island?
1: Um, I would say, I mean, I'm sure there are like 20. There's probably more, but ones who get steady work, um, 10 probably.
0: Yeah. I talked to a guy, Chino LaForge is out in Hawaii and he said on his island, he had like or I forget what it was now, but I think the main Island had like 12 yeah. or something like that. Like He knew all of them basically. Yeah. 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 Which is crazy. Cause like in Binghamton, New York, I mean, just, just there, yep. you know, I've forgotten more comedians than you probably have there. And that's right. not because they're great. It's because they stopped coming,
1: but like, right. right. They're 15. I would say like 15, yeah. 10, 15 who steadily work. Yeah. But that's in the whole, you know, state. Yeah. So,
0: I don't know. It's, well, it, the drive time is nothing for Boston. And right. I've, I've never driven around New England. Like, But I, I would assume that Connecticut's also not that far away. Nope. I mean, a couple hours maybe?
1: Yeah, it's like two 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 and a half hours to New Haven, hour like 45 to Hartford. So, yeah, it's not bad. I mean, if you're going to get good money, like I need a pretty good amount of money to drive to New Haven because it's New Haven. But, yeah, Boston's an hour and a half. Even New Hampshire, like an hour and a half, hour 45 to, uh, there's some good, good stuff up there too. So the
0: New Haven pizza isn't enough to bring Actually, over that,
1: there? Actually, that would get me there. Okay.
0: <laughs> now, is that pizza really that good? Yeah. Okay. okay. have it? No. I, you know, cause I'm going to go there tonight for dinner, uh, but oh. We got to no, not New Haven. I'm sorry. I oh. I say my sentences sometimes to where I understand what they are, but nobody yeah. else does. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I'm yeah. gonna grab pizza Nando's in Nandiket, New York, which is where I live, and I am very. Bi- I think everybody is biased toward their hometown pizza. Yeah. But when I go to New York City, I judge it against the pizza I grew up eating.
1: Yeah. And
0: I I'm very territorial. So when I hear um, New New Haven or Chicago or whatever, I'm like, well, I gotta eat it first.
1: Yeah. Chicago's whatever. its own thing, which I love. It's like just but new haven and i'm a new york city pizza girl myself like i you know like just even the worst new york pizza is better like 10 times better than anything you know dollar slices in new york in the city are better than they're so good like i can't go wrong
0: i mean it's convenient
1: yeah yeah i won't eat bagels here i'm like there's no point it's just like a rock but New Haven is, I think it's the next best thing to New York City. There's a place in Stamford that everyone raves about, Colony Pizza. Have you heard about it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't get it. It's good, but it's not like, to me, like like Pepe's and um, New Haven. And there's so many other places in New Haven that are great. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. But in Rhode Island, it's super tough.
0: Rhode Island, I should know when... When they're when they going through, I'm trying to guess Rhode Island's food. And I remember, I think it was a state senator or a senator during the mm-hmm. election, the nomination. Yeah. held up something. Like, what was it?
1: It uh, was it chowder.
0: No, it was a chowder. It was like, it might, might have been some, you know, fish or a seafood creature.
1: A quahog?
0: I don't know. No,
1: that's a family guy. Yeah. That's the state, the, these huge clams called quahogs. Oh, who was it? Oh, probably was, it must have been a quahog or a... um else would it be uh which our state senator i don't
0: know who it was but okay. it was during the when biden was being nominated yeah and like the, the official one every you know democratic senator or whatever yeah uh, they came in i believe rhode island made a show of what it was known for eating okay and yeah it was it was something i you know i could say lobster but i, I think it was more obscure than that
1: yeah, I would think it would be a Quahog, but um, let me
0: say state
1: food. We're known for um, clam cakes. Um, I would say, yeah. Oh, maybe a hot dog?
0: No, it wasn't that. Clam oh, cake sounds great, though. I know. Yeah. I, I lived in Maryland, and the crab cakes down there are amazing.
1: So good. Oh. So good. Those are good. And uh, the blue crabs and soft-shell crabs. Yeah. Yeah, so yummy.
0: My ex-girlfriend... She invited me down. It was the, the most embarrassing phone call I ever made to my grandma was that uh, I was covering a baseball game at Oriole Park. Was, the Yankees were in town and they were playing the Orioles. And I called my grandma who's a big Yankees fan. And I told her about the game. And I said, yeah, well, once I wrap up here, I have to go to Sarah's and then we're going to go to her friend's house. I was like, oh, what's going on there? Well, I said, well, her friend invited me through Sarah because he wants to have me eat crabs. So Sarah said that She can't get crabs without me. (laughs) And and my grandma's like, yeah, that's
1: lovely. (laughs) I like that. She can't get crabs without me. I liked I lived in Delaware and Maryland for a year and it was nice. It was fun. There was a lot of good food and stuff.
0: I spent the only time I ever went to Delaware was coming back from like Philly. I went to a concert in Philly and I stopped and got. Hot chocolate at a Dunkin' Donuts, huh? and I really wouldn't have known I was in Delaware until I got the bill, which was like one ninety nine. I'm like, wait a minute, where's the tax?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. it's like that's, that's a right. treat. That's right. People used to go do their, a lot of their shopping, no retail, and then same thing in New Hampshire too. Their property taxes must be crazy. But um, yeah, it was fun. The food was uh, the food was good. Rhode yeah, Rhode Island is uh, ch- chowder, um, chowder. Yeah, clam cakes, lobster, just you know, yeah, hot dog. Actually, there's this weird hot dog thing, like the hot wieners in Providence. I don't know. I live in Newport, <laughs> but um there's some, there's a lot of it's very a lot of Italians and a lot of Portuguese people too. So yeah. there's you
0: would think like over time they would just like get rid of hot wieners as yeah, and yeah,
1: like just come hot dog and like and, and nobody should be known for that. It's like embarrassing. You like just. Just find out what you got here, but we don't need to like, you don't need to put that up there.
0: Right. Like, unless you're making money presenting right. that, you know. Yeah.
1: Oh, this guys, that's what it is. Soggies. That's what they're called. And they, he, he puts them all up at his arm. This guy is famous. It's like this famous street vendor and he, he puts them all like up his arm. And then that's how he, and then that's how he like, whatever. I've never had one, but I don't know. I guess that's the thing to do.
0: So who did you grow up listening to? I mean, what who were your favorite comedians before you started doing comedy? I mean, anybody inspire you?
1: Yeah. So my both my parents owned restaurants when I was uh when I was growing up and they're divorced, but they each owned restaurants. So I was left alone a lot at night. And I would watch uh my dad had HBO, so we'd stay with him on the weekend, and that was a big deal. I grew up in Vermont. So I remember seeing Richard Pryor live on the Sunset Strip, and I was like, mesmerized by him I loved him so much I was like his childhood is so fucked up I felt like I had a really fucked up childhood because my parents fought all the time but looking back on it like I really thought like the most adversity I ever faced was that my mother drove a Subaru and I didn't have like this year's ski equipment like I used to ski race and I was like I don't have any skis like I'm so poor <laughs> and I really felt like I was The poorest person. Like all my friends' mothers drove Volvo's and Mercedes, and lived in these huge houses. And I had like my both my parents had houses. They were like I my parents my mother's house was like a cape, and I was like, oh my god, I can't even have people over. (laughs) Such a little twat. But I really felt like Oliver Twist, also because my mother would tell me how poor we were, like all the time, because she grew up really wealthy and she didn't marry well, but you know, she owned a house, she owned a restaurant and she was like, we are very poor. Like we are poor. And I'm like, you believe what your mother tells you. So I was yeah. like, we're fucking broke. Like this is, it's like, like that Kevin me, like they're going to take the whole damn house. Like that's, <laughs> that's how I felt. So I remember telling my friends like later on, I'm like, well, you know how poor we were. And they were like, what? They're like, you were? And I was like, well, yeah. I mean, looked how they're like, <laughs> I swear. <laughs> I was like, well, my mother told me we were poor. They're like, pretty sure you guys are okay. So anyway, the fuck now. But so my I stay with my dad and Richard Pryor. So he would talk about, you know, his life and growing up in brothels and everything and how fucked up, you know, and just like and I, and everyone was laughing. And I it was such a comfort to me because I was like, every look how like his life is a fucking nightmare. And he's making people laugh. And he can write jokes about it. And I can do that because then my family no matter how dark things got, everybody laughed. In fact, like the worst things would get, the funnier everybody got. And we would all laugh about it. And I remember one time my 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 mother's crazy and she would, it was always, she was always a spectacle and I hated it so much. Like she would always make the biggest scenes in public and literally like fight over my brother and me, like with our arms. My dad, my dad would like get so upset because she would come into his restaurant and make a crazy scene and just be like, Steven, you have no dick and you owe me money. And it was just like, oh my God. And he would be like, oh, how's it going, Sarah? He's like, isn't she great? <laughs> and he'd be like, and He's like, I'm sorry, we're such a fucking circus. I'm like, uh... <laughs> he's like, I'll buy a pony. I'm like,
0: oh my God. Oh my God. it's amazing.
1: He used to say things like, uh, I know I really, I'm trying to make it work out. <laughs> like he'd look at me and he was like, you know, he's like, it's just. Uh, he's like, you know, he just looks at me and he was like, well, he goes, clearly it was my fault. You know, Like, oh my god, he would. You would always just make me laugh. So anyway, so Richard Pryor was like, who I, he was my hero. I had pictures of him all over my wall. I had Richard Pryor, Muhammad Ali, and Betty Davis. Oh my god! And I remember telling my dad that I was like, I came down. I had to go to the bathroom, and I was watching Betty Davis on Johnny Carson, and. Uh, she had a cigarette holder and she goes, uh, You know, Johnny, I used to think that, you know, because they, they were running old clips of her. She was probably like 80 at the time and she had a leopard hat on and a leopard jacket to imagine a cigarette holder. She goes, You know, Johnny, I used to think that I wasn't very attractive and, and, you know, I was heavy and all that. And she, she goes, But look at me. I was gorgeous. <laughs> like, Dad, who is that? And he said, That's Betty Davis. And I said, I want to be like her. I was five. I was like, I want to be like her. My dad goes, You're on your way. (laughs) (laughs) And then I used to dress up like Muhammad Ali. I used to put on my dad's bathrobe and his boxers, and I would come down the stairs and I go, I'm pretty. I'm pretty. Look at me, Howard. And then I would like, I'd like fight and stuff like that. I wanted to take boxing lessons, and uh, I would watch interviews of him trash talking. And I was like, I will be the gorilla in Manila. And my dad has these pictures of me. And he goes, you know, most girls want dolls. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, do you make love to your wife with (laughs) that? I didn't know what it meant, but I was like, I just thought that he was the most amazing person I'd ever seen. And I loved Mean Joe Green. Oh, yeah. I, I was like, I loved anybody with a big personality who was just, you know, commanded a room. It was just unapologetically who they are. I think I still do. I think everyone should, but I just love people who were just like, I remember what I watched every movie, Richard Pryor was in like his stand-up, anything that I could find, like the toy. I just loved, I think I just, I think I broke the VHS tape because I watched it so many times and I was just like, these people are so cool.
0: Yeah. I remember watching, I think I saw the toy, but yeah. I remember being in my parents' room watching moving
1: yes
0: it's something i have not gone back and watched that yeah ever yeah and but i remember him being so frazzled with everything and i'm like this guy is awesome yeah and then and then the one movie i really really like of his is brewster's millions i love that one and i'm a big baseball fan i'm like and john candy's in it yes oh yeah and that's great (laughs) it's like such a fun game like Okay, I think it's you get thirty million dollars. Yep, and you have to spend it in thirty days.
1: Yeah, and then you get three hundred million.
0: Yeah, and then you but you can't profit off of it. Yeah, right, yeah.
1: right, that's right. Oh yeah, and you can't even have a dollar left over. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He bought the did he buy the Cubs?
0: Yes. Oh no, no, he bought a minor league team.
1: Okay. And
0: he brought in. I think he flew in the Yankees to play them.
1: Oh yeah you right. that know a helicopter? Oh, yeah.
0: Because so the, the minor league baseball field they had had like a train went through it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's right. John Candy is one of my favorites too. Have you seen Only the Lonely?
0: No, I haven't.
1: Oh, it's so good. John Candy plays a cop in Chicago, and Maureen O'Hara plays his mother, who's like this totally domineering Irish mother. And she's like, She's just, uh, she makes him feel guilty for anything. And he marries Ali Sheedy. Oh, oh, wow. Jim Belushi's in it. Yeah, it's really, it's good. I love that movie.
0: I grew up watching, I mean, I've always been a Mel Brooks fan. Yeah, be sure. And Spaceballs, I've never seen Star Wars, but Spaceballs, I've seen like 90 times. Yeah. And John Candy is so good in that. So good. And yeah. oh, I, I didn't even watch, I think it was like two years ago, I watched Vacation, National Lampoon's Vacation for the first time oh, all yeah. the way through. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, John Candy's in that one too. Like for a while in the eighties, he was like Rick Moranis. Oh, like right. they were in everything.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. He was at the end at Wally Roll. I forgot yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah. He's so good. He was, what was the other, I was just thinking of another one. Oh no. I was thinking about, I watched Young Frankenstein the other night again. Frankenstein. Have you oh. seen, seen that? So yeah, oh, yeah. 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 It's brilliant. Yeah. That's
0: so good. And then um, I, I really enjoy the producers.
1: Oh, it's so good! Yeah, unbelievable.
0: And I yeah. saw I saw it on Broadway too, and then I then I saw the original.
1: And oh, cool! I, mean, wish, I wish I could have seen that.
0: Oh, it was really good. It was. I saw it with Broderick and Nathan Lane. Oh wow! And yeah, I mean they were great. And oh. a lot, some people don't like Matthew
1: Broderick at all, and I'm like I don't understand. I don't get that. Yeah, he's so he. My mother still talks about a play that we saw with Matthew Broderick and called. Oh, oh God. Matt, wait, Master Something and the Boys. Uh, and it was about Matthew Broderick played this spoiled prep school kid. And there are these two black guys from South Africa. And they ended up getting stuck, like, in a diner together. And he was just a total spoiled little shit. And at the end, they kind of, anyway, they just sort of enlighten him. But, um, yeah, it was so good. He's, I think he's such a talented actor. Like, just, yeah.
0: Yeah, his first couple movies were... War Games, which is so good.
1: Yeah, I remember. I loved War Games.
0: And then he was in Ferris Bueller. Yep. And then, I don't know if you've seen this movie, Project X.
1: Oh, yeah, I have seen that. It's with
0: him and the the monkeys. And (sighs) we had that one. I didn't see Ferris Bueller's Day Off or uh, War Games until way later. But my mom recorded Project X, and I watched that all the time.
1: Yeah, that's really good. Have you ever seen um, Max Dugan Returns? No. That must have been one of his. It might have, like, maybe it was like war games and then that. I remember seeing it in the movie theater. I think it was like 1984 or five or something. It was uh, James Robards plays his uh, long lost grandfather who just shows up. uh, He's sort of a like a a criminal. And then his mother was, uh, I forget her name, but anyway, it's really good. Max Dugan returns.
0: He's only got like 40 or 50 credits for movies. Like he's pretty selective.
1: Yeah. It's interesting that he did Stepford wives. He must've needed some cash.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And obviously he's, he's doing okay. I mean, like,
1: like,
0: (laughs) (laughs) no, and he's on Broadway all the time anyway. So it doesn't really matter. Right. Uh, But ah. you ever want to do any acting?
1: Um, no, no
0: the, the, the theater stuff spoiling or uh get yeah it out of
1: unless it was like some character part which actually i did do some um some theater when my kids were little because it was my friend has a theater uh and a cabaret and it was she he was like it's perfect for you it's like this crazy old lady and <laughs> I was like yes i know right it's seamless no not a stretch um But it was this crazy, like, crazy mother-in-law. I was like, oh, perfect, you know? And then the next one, he was like, oh, do you want to play, like, the wife? I was like, no, lost me. (laughs) No. So, but it was fun. But no, not like... I've been in my friends, you know, if they're doing, like, a video and they need... I'm always somebody's mom. Right. Yeah. But no, I don't have the bug to do that, really, very much.
0: I mean, you started doing comedy when you had three kids. I mean... Yeah. Now they're grown. Like, are are they good with it i mean when they're in your when they're they're in your act are they cool with it
1: yeah they are actually they're like they've heard it and like if my mother did stand up i would emancipate myself and like move to switzerland or something (laughs) i cannot i cannot even imagine how horrified like i I would like you have to choose right now if you want me a part to be a part of your life like i don't want you doing open mics i don't want fucking nothing like no but they're they've always been really supportive of it and they always thought it was cool they're like, no, that's fucking cool, mom. I think they they must trust what I say. Also because I'm totally unfiltered around the house, you know. Like I right. it's not like, you know, they wouldn't be surprised. I'm like, yeah, well, I call you fucking retarded here. So I wouldn't, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like you guys know what's going on. And then also I I, you know, but yeah, no, they're totally cool that and they're very, yeah, they've always been really supportive and they're always like, my mom just stand up, and that's so cool.
0: Yeah, I know when I Started doing stand-up. I told my parents and they were like, dude, no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> my dad was like, my dad always thought that I was such a great actress and I, he thought that I was going to be on Broadway and that was my calling. And when I was in high school, that, that would have made sense. Like I did, I got the character parts and I was I was good at it, but he was like, stand-up. He's like, you're funny, but he's like, you're not like, I don't know. He's like, are you? And I was like, I do all right. I was like, I don't know. Like they pay me. And he would always... Tell me jokes. Like he would find street jokes and be like, "You can use that." I'm like, okay, Dad. <laughs> like, yes. Thank
0: you. Thirty other people use it too.
1: Yeah, exactly. I was like, he's like, well, oh, people like that one at the post office. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll use it. And then he'd be like, "So how'd you?" I'm like, I opened it with it. I killed. it killed, Dad. You were right. He's like, I told you, you did. And
0: <laughs> <Didn't> want commission?
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. But yeah, no, they're they're cool. that which is which is uh they'll actually like like I'll kind of they'll kind of help me write not write but. Like if something happens, I'm like, I'm going to be like, you should, you should talk about that. I'm like, yeah, I think so too.
0: You know? So is is any topic off limits for them or what?
1: Yeah. I wouldn't talk about like, I wouldn't embarrass them. Yeah. I wouldn't use something that was like, emba- like funny, right. is funny, but if it was embarrassing, like I remember like one time I tweeted about my daughter and she was like, just so pissed at me. And so I was like, okay, I won't. Oh, I forgot. I even forget what it was about. Oh, it was about her boyfriend. And like, he has Twitter, all my kids, friends follow me on every social media. So it got back to her and she was like, mom. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm sorry. Like I didn't, (laughs) I didn't think like not much embarrasses them. So I was surprised actually. It was, I was like, Oh God, if you didn't like that, like I should really rethink my set. (laughs) Shit. But yeah, not too much. I guess. Yeah. Just, yeah. Probably boyfriends
0: or girlfriends or something. I assume they've seen you on stage too, right?
1: My oldest to have my younger son hasn't. And he hasn't, he doesn't have any desire to, he goes, I support you. I just don't need to. I'm good. <laughs> like, Fair enough.
0: My sister came to see the first show I'd ever did. She was in the audience for it. And that was five years ago. She has not seen me again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I've
0: seen enough. (laughs) Oh, oh, you know what? No, I'm taking it back. She did see me at a show and I, but she got there late. So I think she might've missed me or Mm -hmm. at least caught. I had a joke in there about, and I think this is what she missed, but I had a joke about how my sister had a lot of boyfriends and (laughs) I think it was like my sister collected boyfriends. Like I collected cards of the 86 Mets (laughs) only I never forgot the players last names
1: like, that's good <laughs> so
0: i think my sister walked in and with my mom i think they they were like really close to when i finished the set and then somebody told her about that joke and she's like cute <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a compliment
0: i'll take it yeah
1: <laughs> i think that's a good joke too thank you yeah i, think- I wouldn't I, my brother, my brother and I were actually just laughing about this time. It's because growing up in Vermont, like it was just the, you yeah, know, it's Vermont. But so there's a guy. My brother was at this gas station, and this guy goes, a Vermont accent is very strange. And he goes, he goes, hey Shane, what are you up to? And he goes, oh, I'm just waiting for my sister to pick me up. And he goes, who's your sister? And he goes, Maya. And he goes, oh, dude, she's got she's got big tits. You're psyched. <laughs> he goes, why? he goes why am i psyched that my sister has big tits and he goes what are you doing tonight <laughs> and he was like i don't know and then I, and then I got there and he was like hey maya and i was like what's up chuck and he was like just talking to your brother and my brother's like just go <laughs> just go and he told me that i laughed so hard dude you're psyched <laughs> why <laughs> yeah dude i wake up every day i'm like fuck yeah
0: <laughs> yeah Really.
1: at least my sister has big tits
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah my life sucks but you know what's good
1: got this in my back pocket (laughs) i'll show you guys
0: (laughs) yeah i've never done comedy outside i mean not outside new york but like in new england and is that when you go to vermont i mean are the people just different or are they just people
1: um so <laughs> uh, so I'm from a ski town and it's very, it's like I always say, like I'm from Stowe, Vermont. So it's like, it's close to Vermont. You know, it's just, it's very quaint. It's, um, you know, it's, it's a preppy ski town. And then you go outside of it and that's like real Vermont. That's like, ding, 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 ding. And that is <laughs> not normal at all. Everybody has an accent, you know, and they're all shooting shit and they're all dressed in camel and, Like you know, what are you doing? I don't know. Just gonna go unload a few rounds and my neighbors or whatever the fuck you know. And it's like anything anyone's doing, you'd be like, oh, that sounds about right. You know, like we're gonna have shoot some possum and go whatever. Just I don't know. We don't really do that, but like (laughs) it just nothing nothing would phase you. Like you know, everything. It's a lawless. It's kind of like like the Texas of, uh, of New England. You know, it's like nobody. The thing about Vermonters is that being nosy is the most frowned upon thing like you could ever be like it's always like don't pay him no mind or like he ain't bothering you you know so right. it's just if it's not bothering you you just you know kind of turn a blind eye that's a very like we call anybody's you know like south of the border of vermont a flatlander and it's like flatlanders are nosy and it's just like oh fucking flatlanders you know like like well, what are you doing over there and it's like oh you ain't from these parts you know like <laughs> nobody it's just it's just like, you just do your thing and, you know, live, live your life. And, and they're very not judgmental people too. Like if you're cool, you're cool. Nobody cares what you drive. No one cares how much money you make. Nobody gives a fuck. Like is, if you're like a nice person, then that's good enough.
0: The way you described it is kind of like how New Yorkers see Pennsylvanians.
1: Uh. Like,
0: <laughs> I know when I first moved to Pennsylvania, I worked there. I went to school there and then uh-huh. I moved there for a couple of years. And whenever I talk to somebody, and they're like, oh, you're not from around here, are you? I'm like, no, oh, like, no, why? And well, you don't talk like us, I'm like, oh, thank you. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. But yeah. every town seemed like it was a small town, lots of camo, lots yeah. of camo. I yeah. remember one of my newspaper editors there, he was at a gas station and a black guy just asked for directions. And he said, all right, what you have to do is, you know, we gave him the right, right way to go and goes, and don't stop in this town. It was like, like Jesus. he goes, if you see a lot of camo, you keep going. Yeah. Like, because that's not, not going to not... be safe for you. No.
1: Fuck. Yeah, Man, it was scary. Kind of like, yeah. He's like, thanks. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, like, thanks for the tip. Fucking fuck. Yeah. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's some stuff like that in Vermont, but it's like you either one way. I mean, Vermont's, Vermont's a very liberal state. Very, it's almost socialist. You know, it's so you can't even live there because of so many socialized programs and like I don't even know how anybody has a small business. But that being said, there is that because I think there's probably like three black people in Vermont, so they just don't know how to act, really. Yeah,
0: I remember I read a story not too long ago about Bernie Sanders and like he started a punk rock club for like like the youth. Like it was, yeah, I forget where it was. I'm sure it was, you know, Burlington.
1: Yeah. Huh?
0: I say that because it's one of like two cities I know in Vermont.
1: Yeah. Well, that's there's Burlington and the other one, Rutland. Montpelier. Oh yeah, Montpelier is the capital, but it's yeah, yeah, it's super small. It's everyone's wearing purple there. Like it's like everybody, it's such a hippie. Montpelier's so weird. It's just a very like everybody's an art teacher, and it's it's (laughs) yeah. It's Strange. And so it's Burlington's very hippie. Like it's very like they literally have granola at the movie theater. Like there's like like popcorn. You can buy granola in bulk at the movie oh theater. Oh my God. That's, that's awful. Awful. Oh, I know. Thank you. Yeah. I'll take
0: I'll take a large granola and a milk.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh God, why would anybody want granola? Well, ever. <laughs> I it's like Yuck.
0: I like granola bars that they have Oreo cookie in them.
1: Yeah. I mean, I like granola bars if I'm starving, I guess, like that would look good. But to me, like I was always like, ugh. I was so never like I always love Vermont. I still do so much. And I am I love going back. But I was never like I was always very bougie, like in my I don't know, like nature was always like itchy. I'm like, I don't know, like it's fine for a little bit. And then I'm like, OK, I need a Starbucks. and like, enough, enough. I get it. Yeah.
0: I ask everybody this, but do you remember your worst set you've ever had?
1: Yes. I'll never forget the worst. Uh, Well, actually, okay. So it wasn't, it wasn't so much my worst. It was the worst show. Okay. So this is it. I had so many worst sets, but, um, (laughs) well, I know this would be really hard to choose about that, but the worst show I ever had was a, so this is, so my friend Jackie, she called me and she said, Hey, I have a fundraiser. Uh, my, for my friend's son, he's 17, he had cancer, but he's going to be fine. And the, um, the show, the proceeds are just going to be, you know, for uh, expenses for, you know, my friend taking off work. And yet, you know what I mean? Like all that kind of stuff. And it's just, you know, to help the family out, whatever, would you be willing to do it? And I said, absolutely. I'll be there. So it was this guy, I have two friends, Mike Hanley and James Dorsey and myself. And she's like, I'll host. So you'll, you'll go up. I said, I have another show to do. Do you mind if I go first? She's like, no problem. I need you to do like 15 up front. I'm going to do some time. Then you can leave or whatever. I was like, perfect. So I'm sitting there and there's this huge picture of this super cute kid. I mean, he looked like Tom Brady if he was 17, you know, like it is hockey uniform, smiling, adorable. And then, you know, everything's kind of like a little chaotic, uh, I'm waiting and I'm like, looking at my watch and I was like, Jackie, what time is this going to start? Cause, uh, you no, know, I, I have some driving to do. And she, she, came over to me. she's like, oh my God, Maya, I don't even know what's going on. I'm like, oh great. You're fucking trashed. That's awesome. Okay. <laughs> All right. So not only is a show going to not start on time, am I hosting? And I was like, I was like, Jackie, just so you know, like I can't host. I, you know, she's like, why would you host? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I forget. I said that strike it from the record, you know, and I was like, I thought maybe I was hosting no reason, no reason whatsoever. Definitely not because you're drunk. That's that would be- <laughs> anyway. So I was like, um, are we going to start on time? Cause I got to go. And she was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's like, but she's like, we're going to start now. So she comes over to me, she taps me on the shoulder and she goes um, uh, this kid's mother wants to say a few words. And I was like, okay, fine. But then we got to get this going. Mother goes up and she goes, hi. I just want everyone oh yeah she's like I just want to thank everyone for being here I'm I don't know how many of you know but Jimmy's not gonna make it and um it's terminal and I was like what the fuck right and I'm just like this can't. this isn't happening like this isn't this isn't this isn't happening (laughs) so I'm just going like that like And I I'm crying. Like I'm mascara is probably running down my face. I'm like, as a mom, like as a person, I'm just watching this. And she was like, I just want to thank everyone for being supportive. Like I'm going to lose my son. She drops to the fucking floor, like on her knees. Like she can't even talk. I'm like, I think I'm like, what are you doing here? Like, why are you even, why is anybody here? Why are we still doing this? You must've known an hour ago that like, this is just going to seem And I'm so all this stuff is going through my brain. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm literally in tears. This lady, Jackie, comes up. She's like, oh, everybody, Maya Mannion. And I'm like, fuck me. Then then the two comedians who are my good friends before she says that they tap me on the shoulder. They're laughing. They're like, Maya Mannion, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) I was like, fuck you guys. (laughs) Like, I I was just praying for a sinkhole. Like, please, God, please, God, just let me die. Like, I can't I can't do this. And I went up. So she was like, so all the, basically Jackie just handed me the microphone, like right after this woman said that. And I was like, well, sadly, that's not the worst introduction I've ever had. <laughs> 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 I, was like, um, I and I said, I, you know, I just said, I just want to let you know how, so I'm just so sorry. I was like, I don't even know if I, I don't even want to say any jokes. Like, I just am so sorry for everybody and for you. And, and I was like, do you guys still want to do this? Like, I don't. You know, and I said, I feel like it's just really inappropriate to tell jokes. I was like, honestly, I can't even think of anything funny, but, um, you know, and the lady's like, no, we want you to keep doing this. And I was like, are you sure? Cause this seems really fucked up. <laughs> I was like, I'm just saying this. And for probably most of the people I'm like, I will tell jokes. I'm not happy about it. And I didn't want to get paid, but now I do. <laughs> and, and I was like, Jackie, was a number <laughs> like I don't even wow anyway so I, I ended up like telling a few jokes and it was it went okay which is I don't even know how that happened but it was the worst like it felt surreal and I felt like this can't and then there was another show pretty like shortly after that was a show for this little girl who had cancer was going to be fine and I was like is she going to be fine <laughs> like i was like i want it in writing i want to see a picture of this kid with like today's newspaper <laughs> like i want to see so i want to see some rosy fucking cheeks i want to see some hair i was like i'm not gonna do it and they were like we're gonna give you 500 bucks basically and i was like fuck but i was like are you sure can you assure me that you're not gonna put a pull a fast one because i'm not gonna do it so she was like no she's gonna be fine and i was like okay all right. And I was like, so this is just whatever. So I get there. There's a fucking slideshow of all her friends who didn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fucking fuck is wrong with all you people? Like, you guys are fucked up. And they were like, they're like, Lindsay's going to be fine. But here's a slideshow of all these kids with like holding their, th- and I'm like, <laughs> this is- So I was just laughing. And then I'm sitting here, I'm like, I look like a psychopath. So I'm like laughing. I'm like, this cannot be. <laughs> fucking happening you're being typecast honestly i was like all right and, and then after that i was like no more no more um uh fundraisers like unless it's for like a baseball team or something you know <laughs> and everybody is fine i was like look i'm a bad luck like i don't know what it says on my card like you know like bereavement like i don't know like. <laughs> But honestly, I was like, this can't, and my friend Rob was sitting next to me and he was just started. he just kind of looked up and kind of put his head down because I had told him about the other show. And I was like, <laughs> so those are my, those are the two worst ones.
0: That's amazing.
1: Yeah. Actually, there was another one where this guy who, and I'm not going to tell that one. <laughs> but, uh, Why? Because he made it? No, he survived. No, no. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because he's living now. No, it was just. <laughs> Yeah. There's another, I'll tell you, I'll tell you somewhere. Else. <laughs> anyway, so, so
0: when you have a set like that, is it easy to, I mean, it's not, it's completely out of your control. Like, is that easier to shake off than like just a bad set?
1: Um, I think like, I don't know. No, obviously. Cause I still remember it. They're so vivid in my mind as being terrible. Like I remember before that I had done a show for this woman's son committed suicide. And it was like every year they had this thing. And I was like, what? oh don't you guys just want to go for a walk or something or (laughs) like do like a 5k or or something because it just seems very insensitive and like anything in your set you're just going through your set like would that be insensitive you know and it's like it's like trying to write a story without the letter r or something you know you're like i i don't know nope uh and then anytime you have any sort of stipulations or like you know like you know, like you can't say this or can't do that. It's just not going to be funny. It's not going to be authentic. So, and it just seems very weird. There was a, actually, there was a show. I did a fundraiser for a woman who, who died and it was for her kids. And we raised like 15 grand. Oh my God. And, uh, yeah. It was awesome. I felt really good, but my friend Kelly didn't, she was on the show and she, this woman came to every single one of my shows. I used to produce the show and she loved comedy and her friends asked me to do it. And I was like, it feels weird. And they were like, no, you know, but I was like, but knowing Jen, I knew how much she loved comedy. It was her favorite thing. So anyway, one of my friends had a joke and I didn't tell her that it was for her kids, you know. And so she goes, she's just joking. She goes, "Um, if an orphan makes you cookies, are they still homemade? <laughs> and I was like, I should start the joke. I'm like. <laughs> and no one laughed. And that always gets a good pop. And she was like, and then afterwards, she's like, my, you didn't tell me. I'm like, I, that was an oversight.
0: <laughs> but anyway. We have a, There's a comedian in Albany who has this joke and it's pretty good, but it involves a woman in Florida chasing her dog. And then the woman gets eaten by an alligator and she died. So she did this set in Binghamton and she didn't know that the teacher was from Endicott, which is like 10 miles from Binghamton. So in the audience and I'm watching this, I know what's going to happen because I've seen her set before. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't warn her or whatever. I thought maybe she would have known, but in the audience are a bunch of teachers from Endicott. So she's telling this joke about this teacher from Endicott who died via an alligator. (coughs) And one of the lines is like, good. If you, if you you chase, just let, let the alligator have the dog, like you deserve it. And it was, and she hosted the show and (laughs)
1: she's gonna keep going back so she
0: came off the stage and go hey so (laughs) I know why that didn't work and she's like oh son of a bitch (laughs) like what are the
1: odds I know
0: like the woman died in Florida like
1: (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that would happen to me I'm like of course of course (laughs) that's great that's like oh that poor woman oh god i like I quit. I can't.
0: <laughs> what do you have to do with the Rogue Island Festival? Is that Doug Key's operation and that everybody helps, or is yep. that okay? But
1: yeah, it's Doug Key's baby, and um, I am too shitty of a person to help. Um, but I do. <laughs> I am on it. <laughs> I'm on it for a couple of days. Uh, the first day and I think the last day, I work a lot. But yeah, so it's it's amazing. Yeah, so. It's like, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. Actually. It's so cool. Is
0: this the first year it's going for two sessions? Like uh, the spring and a fall?
1: Yes. This is the first year. Yep. Yep. And I hope it continues because it's, it's so popular and it's such a cool thing.
0: Oh, I know. Like, I I think I applied for it maybe two years ago and I wasn't good enough to get it, but you know, oh, thanks for green uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> But no, it, I mean, it's got to be I one just of the know how many sub- I don't think it's that. I think it's, I just know how many, you know, submissions he gets.
0: It's got to be one of the prestigious ones now. I mean, yeah. that's yeah, a huge I mean, one.
1: There aren't too many. Um, I know it's, it's the only one in Rhode Island and New England. There aren't many. There's just the, there's the Boston Comedy Festival. And then I really can't think of another one. So... You know, and Doug has such great connections, and he's just such a nice guy. Everybody wants to be a part of it, and you know who he gets is like, oh my god, it's it's really something. Even the first year, it was uh, like, holy shit. Who was on the first year? Uh, the first year I think was Mark Norman, Sam Morrell, Dan Soder. Uh, uh I want to say like other women on it. I forget the I forget the women, but it would have been um well it's that group it would have been probably
0: Rachel, um I forget her name now.
1: Yeah, Dun. Well there's oh no no Rachel um maybe Joe List and um uh what's his wife's name again? Uh
0: Sarah Talamash.
1: Yep, yep. And uh Maria Cello. And every year, it's just, like, like the same people and then more. And it's just, um, yeah, it's really it's just so much fun, too. What's the atmosphere like there? Just so cool. It's like Woodstock. <laughs> it's like Woodstock for nerds, you know? It's just, like, it's... Well, it, actually, nobody can believe how white Rhode Island is. Like, that's kind of the general theme. Like, they're like, wow, this is the whitest place on Earth. And I never realized it. Like, I don't realize how white I am until people from other places... Tell me how white I am. And I'm just like, I just thought I was just regular (laughs) white. I don't know. You know, like I don't I I'm from Vermont. I live in Newport, Rhode Island, like I get it. But um, you know, they're like, wow, this place is so white. And it's just it is. It's very like, you know, we have oysters and drink rose and have chowder and, you know, everyone's happy.
0: (laughs) It sounds (laughs) idyllic.
1: It does. Yeah, it's nice. I love living here. And there's a lot of lighthouses and dunes and everyone's wearing pink and it's yeah, you know, it's a whole thing.
0: Rachel but, Feinstein, by the way.
1: Oh yes, yes, I, yep.
0: Yep. I, I was gonna kill myself if I didn't figure yes. that out.
1: Yep. She, yep, she was on it. Uh Mia Jackson Island, she wasn't the first year, she was like a couple years ago. But yeah, like uh Nick Ordalani and oh wait, um Langston Curran and oh Ahmad, I mean Ahmed Barucha. There's a lot of guys who moved away and come back for it.
0: How supportive is the surrounding area for not just the festival, but do the people in Rhode Island around that area, they get into comedy?
1: Well, are they supportive of each other?
0: I guess the audiences. I mean, do they come out oh, yeah. for you no matter yeah. when,
1: any they bar shows, it. anything? Yes, You're definitely. Good. And especially the the Newport Festival, people like they just can't get out like this ticket sell out so quickly and everyone is so supportive of it it's like oh my god it sells i remember the first the first year i walked in i'm like do these people know it's for comedy like what the fuck is going on like why are there so many people here this is crazy it's packed you couldn't even like pre-covid you couldn't there was no like it was just mobbed every and and there were probably like five or six venues a night every single one was booked that's crazy. I mean, it's a small town. I mean, it's an island. So it's like, I mean, it's a pain in the ass to get to. So it was, it wasn't all Newporters. Yeah, it was great. And in Rhode Island, there are, it is really supportive. And Boston.
0: Well, I, I would think with the history of Boston, I mean, yeah. just in comedy alone. Yeah. I mean, there's just a spillover even. Yeah. would be incredible. Like, you know, I got your name from Sam Ike and I know mm-hmm. he's all over the place. Yeah. And yeah. it seems like, like, I'm very jealous of (laughs) you know the way people talk about the boston scene and the surrounding areas i mean it just seems like a perfect place for comedy
1: it is it is and it's um everyone knows each other like i like everybody it's just nice to see everybody and it's a it's it's just i just i really love it every time i mean i just like i just love going to see my friends and doing a show is fun too but but yeah sam sam's everywhere i love sam and um yeah, it's always nice to see him. He's always on the festival. He's the best host ever. He always takes somebody's jacket from the crowd. Like, it'll take some, like, bougie white lady, and he was like, I'm going to wear this during this set, and then I'll like, get somebody else's jacket. It's so funny.
0: He's playing dress up up there?
1: Yeah, he does. <laughs> it's just so funny. Like he just, It's just, I love watching him. Like, he's, like... As good as he is, that's how bad I am at hosting. Like I watch him, I'm like, oh, see, why can't I do that? I would never think of like borrowing somebody's jacket and just being like, hey, I'm gonna wear this.
0: What is it about hosting that you, that you really don't like? Is it just the fact that you have to pay attention?
1: <laughs> um, it's yeah, it's that, and it's like I feel like I'm I'm not genuine when I'm doing it. Like I don't know. I feel like my personality is pretty like cunty, and <laughs> like, and I don't know how to make that. I feel like that would really permeate off me it does like I'm like I try to I feel like I try to con- like overcompensate for it and then it just comes off as like a game show host I'm like okay everybody and I'm like this isn't me they know it like it is not and it's not funny and really I just like all right let's just fucking everyone knows what's going on like hey yada yada shut the fuck up this guy's really funny like you guys know like what's going on whatever I don't know it's like and then so my friend Orlando was like we'll just pretend like you're having a party you know, like you wouldn't just like walk up to someone and be like, here's food later. And I was like, but I, I would <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "That's exactly what I do. And I'm like, I don't know, retard fucking mingle. Like there's food and there's people like, don't be a dick. I don't know what you need a fucking nap. Like you need, like, what do you need? Like, <laughs> how, how can I tell you how to do this? There's a pretty girl I'll talk to her and look and drink. And uh. I then I think get out. <laughs> you know, like, so I don't know how to, how to like, I don't know. I just don't know how to like, how to like without being syrupy and fake. And that's, how, that's always end up with that, what happens.
0: Well, I know one of my favorite parts about not hosting is that you can do your 15 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever and leave. I mean, yeah. just like, okay, you're like a, I, when I don't host, I think of myself as like, like an assassin, like, okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm paid to do a job. And then I'm out. I don't have to worry right. about being exactly. nice to people and learning everybody's names and, you know, yeah. Put on this fake face and yeah, it's like, no, so I'm just gonna go do my 20 minutes of jokes about how my grandma thinks I'm gay.
1: Yeah, and I'm gonna leave. <laughs> and I'm gonna leave. Like, there's two. So I used to work for this one club, and steadily more. It was called Dick Doherty's Comedy Club in Boston, and I I worked more for them than uh, than anybody. But the owner of the club, she was like, you have to go afterwards. You have to stay for the show. Then you have to talk to people, and I was like, fuck that. I'm like, I I can't. I hate it. Like, I hate. I hate, like, thank you. Like, even if, like, even if someone's like, oh my God, you're amazing. I love you. My sister loves you. I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm like, oh yeah, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Like, I, ooh, like, I just, I hate it. And, or if someone just looks at you and they're like, you know, and you're like, I'm sorry, this is happening too. Like, even though if you hate me, I'm sorry. Like, I get it. I do too. Like, just, I, just keep going. Like, I'll just pretend this isn't happening. And I'm always thinking the worst. I'm so neurotic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so my mother said to me one time she was like, will you go to this fundraiser with me This like uh, cocktail party? And I was like, no, absolutely not. Um, I hate cocktail parties. She was like, she was, I think she's like, you're so outgoing. Like I'm definitely an extrovert. You know, like if you were going to, you know, if, if somebody was saying, oh, my, she's very outgoing, she's very bubble, you know what I mean? Like good with people. But in reality, I hate people and I hate every minute of it. I'm just really good at faking it basically because I think it's easier to just be like nice and has going and then just go on your way. Yeah. So my mother was like, will you go to this cocktail party with me? And I was like, no, um, I'd rather die, but thank you. She was like, <laughs> I just don't understand. Like you're, she goes, I really hate people I and mean, you would be good. I need you to come with me like as a buffer. And I was like, mom, she goes, what is it about it? I was like, I hate small talk. I hate it so much. Like I would rather have someone tell me how many abortions they had, like right off the bat. And I'd be like, cool. That's a good jumping off point. Like I can, I can, I have something <laughs> to add to this. Like this cool, right on somebody cool. Okay, a lot of them like, so the weather I'm like like I didn't come in from Beirut like we both have experienced the fucking weather today like this is stupid <laughs> I don't need to why are we doing this like this is just like my mom was like you know Maya I feel like oh and I said I think I have social anxiety disorder she goes Maya you're just a cunt and I was like oh there's that And she goes no she goes Maya you don't want to leave the house on the off chance somebody might bore you I'm like that's it <laughs> I was like, that. <laughs> Exactly. Like if I don't have to, like if it's not like something required by law, like say parent teacher conference or going to the doctor, something that I have to do, which I think is a huge force, but I will do it. But if it's like elective, then no. Because it's just a sea of small talk to me. It's like, oh God. And in order for me to deal with it, I'm going to get drunk and then I'm just gonna there's gonna be racial slurs. I don't even know. You know, I'm like I don't know, like I don't know what I'm gonna do. So Anyway, so she was talking about it and she was like, no, really? And I was like, yeah, but that's it. She was, that's why you do stand-up comedy is because you are just going to go talk to people. She's like, your idea of a great party is you going up there, saying your opinions, nobody talks back, and then they pay you and you leave. I'm like, yes, that's, a, that's like the best time ever. <laughs> She's like, so you just like to control the situation? And then I'm like, yes, yes, I do. I don't want anyone to talk to me. Like... Yeah, but I was like, wow, that's how crazy I am. That's how crazy we all are.
0: Right. No, what I like about producing shows is that as soon as the show, I'm hosting it and I'm I'm fine with hosting. It. I like it. But as soon as the show ends, I can go clean up my equipment and avoid talking to anybody.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, that's a good one. And I just
0: don't, I feel like, especially as a host, I'm like, nobody wants to talk to me anyway. I don't want to watch people get complimented on their set. <laughs>
1: You know, like, yeah, yeah, fun yeah. For me. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I, I I booked him. Remember? I'm <laughs> <laughs> like, no. I'm gonna go. You know, the mic. <laughs> yeah, I got to go wrap up my mic cord. It's gonna take me at least six minutes.
1: <laughs> See, that's good. I used to, <laughs> I used to, um, my book shows. I hated like all the ask and you're like, hey Maya, hi pretty lady, how you doing? It's been a long time. I'm like, come oh, shut the fuck up. Yeah. And then I was like, every time like I needed, it, I'm like, well. I kind of want someone to tell me I'm pretty. Maybe I'll book a show. <laughs> 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 and I just mini. I'd be like, so I need a few comics. Like even when I didn't need any, <laughs> I'd be like, hey, I'm like, hey, God, you're so I'm like
0: <laughs> well, it's funny because like during the pandemic, I didn't book shows and, oh. you know, I was talking to my therapist. I'm like, I don't think people really like me. And she's like, what do you mean? And so I just don't think they do. It's funny because as soon as I started booking shows again, yeah. my lord, everybody remembered I was alive. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, in order in order for me to have friends, I have to have shows." I get it.
1: Exactly, Mike, buddy, what's been going on? <laughs> have you been? Hey, so what's up with you? You're like, ah, uh-huh, here it is. Here it is. Yeah, it's so like, oh, we the show. Like, Sycophants. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, this has been a whole lot of fun. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, how can people follow along with you on social media or anything you're doing?
1: Yeah, well, on Twitter, my name is Uncle Mom. And that's, uh, I love to tweet Uncle Mom at Maya Mannion and Instagram Maya Manion. Uh, yeah, and I put my, my shows and stuff like that on there. I'll be at the Rogue Island Comedy Festival uh, May 28th and 29th. And then uh, other shows, but they're all like in Boston and stuff. So
0: you're hilarious. Oh,
1: thanks. you too! I it's, so
0: much fun. Oh my god, yeah. i I think we were supposed to do it a couple of weeks ago, and we didn't. But we talked for forty five minutes, and and you know, on the phone, I was like, in my head, I'm like, well, I can't use any of this. <laughs> <laughs> Way too many vulgarities. <laughs>
1: Sam so was probably like, yeah, you're gonna get like five, like five minutes of material. This lady's nuts. <laughs> he always awesome. calls him mom actually. Oh really? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, he's the best. Well, thank you so much again. Thank and, uh, you,
1: that was so much fun.
0: Yeah, I'll talk to you in a bit.
1: I hope so. Peeling back my sunburnt skin. I'll wait outside your bedroom, I hope they let me in.